Hello there. This is a PMU podcast. Um, today we are talking a little bit about Kid Capici's brand new second album, Here's What You Could Have Won, and uh, linking that to a little interview that we did with them a while back. So um, I'd like to introduce uh, our cohorts, um, Jason and Jade. Yo. Jade's. Hi. Uh, Jay's. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you've, we've all listened to the album. So um, yeah, what do we think of it? I think it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, it's very politically inclined, but mm. yeah, it's it's very relevant at the moment, and it's it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I think it's it's really relatable as well. Like you said, um, I think every song there was lyrics that I could relate to in some way. Yeah, agreed. Same. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I love the album. To be fair. Yeah, I mean, my my whole kind of impression of it is that they're trying to, I guess, kind of break out of that sort of punk kind of ghetto and, you know, become, you know, like a proper mainstream kind of rock bands. Like it's it's bigger sounding. The songs, the uh, the production. Uh, just <clears throat> how com- more confident they sound on it. They've done oh, yeah, a lot of- I completely agree. They're really trying to break through, like, you know, into the mainstream. And I think they, m- they must have realised, I guess there's a lot of bands doing punk at the moment. And that in order to kind of sidestep for that, uh, sidestep all that, you know, they need to kind of clean up their sounds. And yeah, I mean, it's a proper you know, modern rock records. And when I'm listening to it, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking less of like Frank, you know, Frank Turner or Frank Carter and thinking more of like, I don't know, I mean, there's one track that, um, I don't know, reminded me of like early Muse almost. Really? Um, what, what track would that be? Um, Smash the Gaff, I guess. Oh. Just that intro with that kind of heavy kind of bass yeah. riff. Um, and I think my favourite song on the album, uh, Never Never Really Had You, um, that to me kind of reads like a sort of early Oasis track almost, or even like a John Lennon kind of ballad, you know? Yeah, does... I wrote it the feels... exact same to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels I mean... like they're really trying to sorry, uh, make music, you know, for the common man rather than just the, mm-hmm. you know, the hipsters that are into punk, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's so true. I mean, Super Soaker is my favorite so far. So, but I every out every time I listen to an album, like my favorite changes every single time. So, mm. fair. I think I think one of my favorites is Cops and Robbers, and I think it's it's the chorus really that gets yeah. me. It's very um, yeah, it's so catchy. Yeah, they've and they've played around with kind of like how long each bar is and stuff. It feels like it changes a little bit and, yeah. and it kind of is a bit more impactful in that way. Um, has, but yeah. ne- never really had you as well. That I think I wrote the most notes on that one because it it's just it's a big change to a lot of the other tracks. It's a lot slower and it's a lot more powerful. I think so. Yeah, I love that one too. I think it's um, quite special. I think, yeah, it really showcases how good his voice actually is, to be fair. Mm, yeah. It's a bit stripped back. Yeah. More stripped back than the others. So I've never really th- thought of Kid Kabichi as sort of like a vocally kind of band, but 
if that they makes are, sense. Yeah, they are really good at writing slower songs. Um, as far as like punk bands go, they're probably the best at writing slow songs, really. Because um, Hope's Never Ending Funeral off the last album was a really good kind of standout track. And I'm glad that they're like exploring that a bit more. But um, yeah, it's definitely something that they've um, they've got like a knack for and like a talent for. But it's like, um, you know, I mean, I mean, their singer, he's he's, he's quite good at rapping too, especially on on uh, New England. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, he's he's got quite a lot of range, as it turns out, and it's it's cool that they're leaning into that a bit more. Yeah, definitely. I mean. Mm-hmm. Going to new, going back to New England, it's it features Bob Villain, which yeah. are another favourite of mine at the moment. I yeah, yeah. and I, New England has been in my Spotify on repeat playlist constantly, like yeah. for months now. Yeah, I do um, like that one. It's um, it's, it's it's like it feels like a statement song. It feels like you know it's a good way to open up the album yeah. and. and um, it's like we were saying earlier very relatable i think we've all felt that way Mm. about especially about this the country you know yeah of course it just feels like a lot of these songs were written for your standard kind of working class people who live in this country and and what we experience day to day so i mean um i um (laughs) when i first put the album on um one of my cats was walking on across my turntable but the moment i put that that song on <laughs> boom 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 but the cat just jumped straight off it <laughs> um, and you don't normally pay much attention to whatever music i'm playing uh, mm. let alone be scared by it so oh, uh, okay says it all <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which which cat was it oh i think it was jagger but um yeah <laughs> I mean, I think the thing is, um, <clears throat> I was thinking, obviously, the, the whole cost of living crisis has been on my mind a lot lately. And I was a little bit hesitant to listen to it because, I don't know, I've just been lately for music, I've been trying to listen to more kind of escapist kind of stuff to take my mind off it. And I think I kind of talked a little bit about them, about this um in the following interview but when i you know actually sat down and put the album on it's actually a lot more fun a lot more kind of lighthearted than i expected it to be at least like you know the music itself rather than the lyrics it's it's a blast you know oh yeah definitely i mean mm-hmm. look at i envy you that that yeah. chorus riff is so like it's kind of funk yeah it's like it's... funk punk it's yeah. like sound system or i don't know like viagra boys something yeah. like that yeah completely agree. Yeah. yeah there is a lot of like feel good songs i think on this mm. album songs you can have a dance to as well as relate to <laughs> yeah yeah i guess it's kind of like what the streets were doing 20 years ago you know yeah um, it's sort of like a step up yeah they're kind of like the streets mixed with slaves yeah like see that but yeah it's like um it, it it definitely sounds like a band that have really um yeah making steps to become like a great band in their own right and you know find that kind of you know signature sound of their own so yeah i mean i love it when bands can just make that big leap from album one to album two um <clears throat> it's just it's just always just really satisfying to see that 
yeah, it's, it's very difficult to do. So kudos yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. I, it just blows my mind going, going to their record label, Spine, Spine Farm, that they're mm-hmm. on the same record label as Dragon Force. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, uh, yes. Um, so you were saying, um, you want to talk a little bit about the party at number 10 and song? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I was just listening to it and it reminds me a little bit of uh, Visa Vulture by Slade. Um, Shame, you know, their first single, which is that kind of sarcastic love song about uh, Theresa May, which is obviously kind of written as a joke song. And it, it's become, kind, it's not even on Spotify anymore. It's been kind of forgotten about. But um, this, to me, also reads like kind of a joke song, but just the joke obviously yeah. became less funny the more we found out about these parties. And now it's kind of, it's kind of taken on a life as, of its own almost. Uh, mm-hmm. It's um, definitely interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's a great song, but it's, yeah, it just evokes so much anger. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I noted one of my favourite lyrics from that one was one rule for you and another for them. Yeah, I think yeah. that was one that I really, you know, it, again, it's another one that a lot of us can relate to because we were all, when that was going on, you know, we were all in lockdown and going back to that, it's it was, it was difficult for everybody. And then to see other people just living like their lives as if nothing's happening. Yeah, exactly. Um, the rule, yeah. the rule makers breaking the rules. It's just exactly. It's it's a good thing that the um, that they've kept it on the album, but it's still going to come out because, um, you know, we've had that we've had this kind of change of government now. A lot of other things have kind of happened, but it's good that it's still out there. It's just a reminder that yeah, this happened. Don't mm. forget that they did this. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, really they've but it's made the cut and that they've still stuck by it exactly. Yeah. So, don't vote for Tories. Well, yeah, of course, exactly. <laughs> this should be like in yeah, an this is like, yeah. So, yeah. One thing I did notice about this Kid Kabichi album is there's so many big riffs, yeah. Like, mm. it's one of those albums that are like heavy but not heavy if that makes sense yeah uh pop hooks but big yes yeah yeah Yeah. i mean the thing that really kind of um impressed me about them uh live is that they have that really i don't know powerful kind of sub bass kind of sound i guess i don't compare to idols too much but they are like idols very good at making those riffs and cranking that bass up so it really feels like it's hitting you in the gut you know yeah they've really did that on the album so it, it does sound a lot like the live experience, you know? Yeah, but as well, it doesn't feel too much, you know, yeah. like overproduced or over... It, it almost feels stripped back, but with that element still there, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, of course. It's, yeah, of... it's very simplistic, but it's also yeah. complicated at the same time. Yeah. They know, when to, <laughs> they know when to dial it down and when to kind of keep it light. Um, yeah, and keep it, you know... Keep it more pop, I guess. But like, I've, since I first heard Kikapichi, I have always liked them. But this album has really stepped it up for me. Mm. Like, as you said, it really catches like the live essence of Kid Capici. 
Yeah. And that's what really impressed me about them is when we saw mm. them at 2000 trees. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I when I first saw them, it was at the uh, the Victoria in Birmingham, which um, I don't know if that I, it was if that was one of the shows that had been kind of delayed because of COVID, but they were already kind of at that point where they're outgrowing it because it was such a tiny room. But I remember them saying at that show that they'd you know that they'd got new material that they were really proud of and you know couldn't wait to play for us all. And um, yeah, it's just yeah they're obviously sitting on this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, they've got this really good knack at kind of being right on the money, like right, releasing stuff at the exact right moment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's funny to think that some of these songs could have been, you know, rattling about for about two years, but they still sound like they were written yesterday. Mm-hmm. They're still relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps even more relevant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, well, yeah. like with Party at number 10. Yeah. I mean, again, I also it, liked. Uh, sorry, I, I don't feel special anymore. That that lyric as well. I think that yeah, quite powerful. Yeah, they they are fantastic lyricists. Mm. Mm. I guess. Um, I mean, what I was thinking. I think what my initial opinion of it is that it's just a very, you know, English or very British sounding album. Um, Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, this uh, it it feels like the kind of songs that that would be in like a film. Like, is it Green Mile? Is that the film? The one yeah. about the football, you know, no, West Ham and all that. Yeah, it it it, it would really work in a film yeah. like that. And you could yeah. even take it back to like sixties, seventies Britain, yeah. and it would it would still fit. Mm. Was yeah. it the Green Mile? Or was that was the Green Mile that movie with Tom Hanks? Yeah, Green oh. Mile Fabric. Uh, like, this is, is England? Green... No, it's. Oh, uh, I'm terrible. I'm really bad with films. Are you thinking of the one with Elijah, Elijah Wood in it? Yes, that one. Uh, we need to just Google that because I'm, <laughs> I'm doing it right now. Yeah, is Green, Street. A... Green Street. Green Street. Yes. Green Street. Right, I yeah. knew it was Green something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that's quite a decent movie. Like, um, <laughs> kind of odd because it was like you know Elijah Wood's character sort of gets kind of corrupted by the world of football hooliganism, but in the end he goes back to America and like punches the guys who kind of fucked up his life. So it's kind of like, is it is it kind of celebrating hooliganism? <laughs> is it kind yeah. of you know um, you know commenting on the issue? And I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, it's a big change of character for him as well, isn't it? Going from mm. things he's done, like fantasy yeah. and things like that, to that. It's he very in, different. He was in Sin City. Um, have you seen that? He plays this, no, like, no. just eats women. The <laughs> You only like <laughs> shadows, but um, yeah, it is quite creepy. Mm. I think with me, with films, it's just best to assume that I've not seen something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a massive film fan. I do. I do like films, but like, so only in recent years have I started to sort of expand. Mm. Like, I grew up a lot on horror films because my my mom is obsessed 
horror films. Yeah. But I was very much sort of stuck in the same kind of like like 10 films over and over again because they were just sort of like comforting. Yeah. And I, I, I get really like tetchy with change and new things. So I, yeah. it, it's took me a long time to sort of start trying new films and TV series and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find it. I all, relate to that, to be fair. It can be a bit like, especially with TV, it's like, have you checked out that thing? Oh, no, that thing's old. Have you checked out this thing? It's yeah. Like, ah! So many yeah. TV too many suggestions yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, there's, there's so many shows like i still haven't finished bojack horseman and i, <laughs> I finished like five years ago <laughs> <laughs> i mean we started like watching true blood recently oh, and like a... we we haven't watched it now for weeks and like i'm sorry to forget what happened <laughs> mm. Yeah, I've me and my partner we started watching. Um, I think, it's, I think it's called Resident Evil. It's like a remake, but it's a show instead of a film. It's oh, the Netflix one. Yeah, and it's really good. But we've we've just not watched it. We got yeah. about halfway through the series, and since we've just not watched anything. And like you said, I've forgotten yeah. what happened. So if I go back to it, I'm just gonna have to watch it all again. Yeah, and it'll I probably to, repeat I... the process. I need to watch that because I'm a massive Resident Evil nerd. Me too. It is good. It is very good. I'll say that. Um, a few. I wouldn't say it's scary, but I'm yeah. desensitised to anything yeah, like same. that now. I, films don't scare me. <laughs> yeah, it takes Real a lot does. to scare me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess. I guess the main thing, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to like include this in in the thing or not, but it's just. I mean, I've I've liked Kikabichi since I first came across them, but as much as I've liked them, they've always kind of come across as just being another good punk band in like a sea of good punk bands, you know. Um, and I think maybe the band are just aware of that themselves and that they're trying to, you know, break break free of that a bit. You know, they they probably don't want to be seen as just an also round, and now they're kind of, you know, becoming just a great kind of modern rock band in their own right. And it and it feels like a reaction to the kind of post-punk kind of wave that's just... I mean, I love post-punk. It's like my favourite genre of music, but it's just so many bands just hopping on that bandwagon. And they've obviously seen that and they're trying to kind of go the other way. The following interview was recorded of in July of this year at 2000 Trees Festival. Some things have changed in the interim, but we still feel that what Capici had to say during this interview is worth hearing. We hope you enjoy the interview. During uh, beer can during your set, and it just sprayed all over everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah, <laughs> I literally saw it, literally missile yeah. over me, and I was like, oh no. I just got a few weird looks. So. <laughs> 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 so all right, um, so yeah, we're, we're rolling. Show. We're yeah. rolling to so, uh, 2000 Trees with uh, Kid Capici. Yes. Hello. Uh, with uh, Jack and Ben, I believe you said names were. Yes, yeah. Got it right. Jack, all right, cool. 
Um, so I know this is like a uh, kind of a mental health sort of themed podcast, but you can't really talk mental health without it eventually tying into politics at some point. So if it's okay with you, I'd like to ask a few kind of questions about that. Yeah, sure. I mean, I know you've touched on this on stage earlier, but obviously now that Boris is gone, are you feeling kind of optimistic or not think, so much? I think it's, a, it's an obvious, well, I would like to say it's a step in the right direction, but you don't know what's going to happen and you know with on the horizon people like Rishi Sunak someone who is never lived a normal day in their life yeah I don't see him helping people who are in need people with mental health conditions people who are struggling with financially and often the two things go hand in hand so that that worries me I, I, I would like to be optimistic um but I, if I was cautiously being, yeah. yeah if I was being totally honest like it like we say, the, the Tory party is still the Tory party, yeah. uh, and you know, replacing the, the figurehead doesn't change the but, underlying. Yeah, issue. like Boris was a particularly like insidious person to be in power in that party, but I don't I don't think you can say that like oh now that he's gone things will be better. No, because like all the things that are in place, all the things that are being done to people and the people who are in most desperate need are still happening. All that's happened now is that there's a huge sort of power vacuum at the top of every aspect of the way the government is run that's just going to be filled by people yeah. who all they care about is power. Yeah. Power is the most important Removing thing. Removing him doesn't change anything. The, the party is doing exactly what the party is created and designed to do. Designed to yeah. do. So getting rid of him doesn't really change anything. Although it's nice to see someone who has never had to go not did not get the thing that they want not get the thing that they want that there's a certain celebration yeah. to that yeah. Yeah. In, in on the day and you got like 24 hours of that and then you you're back to going okay yeah, well the last it. 2 p.m resignations have just led to worse and worse yeah. and worse so till till they're replaced he's, by something he's, better it's bigger than him and it's bigger than like really i mean like because a lot of people i mean we're I used to be like a fucking sorry, don't know if you're answer. I used to be a avid Labour voter supporter, yeah. and even that is like not really necessarily. The, the time for celebration will be when there is adequate opposition. That will be the time when yes. that will be the time to really rally behind something that goes like, okay, celebration is now. Let's make this happen. There is an opposition party that makes doing sense something, and doing something that we agree with that people that is going to change things. Resonates. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. But yeah <laughs> okay, cool. Ah, oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, I mean, you, you've always been kind of writing about kind of politics and your music, but it seems like the last couple of singles are just even more kind of on the ball, kind yeah. of on the moment uh, than the last ones were. Is this kind of a case of you picking up the pen as soon as something happens, or have you just wrote these ages ago and no, everything's well, just? Nah, nah. I think that's, yeah. that's a good question because I I was just saying earlier that the first album was an accumulation of songs we'd written since we started the band and been doing forever and then this second album is you know you, you do the first album and then you've got to write 12 new songs in the space of a year um, which we did so then the, the they're much more concise snapshot of the present exactly That's what they are, you know, the first know. album was like it had threads running through of you know talking about what was going on in politics but with this one we were all we do is write about what's going on so yeah, this this second album is is really focused on that. Um, it was we could write we could write it and have it ready in such a quick turnaround yeah. that we were able to write about the things that were happening like, at the time. You know, we wrote like, party at number ten like in yeah. January, uh, when everything yeah. came out and we're still playing it now. And people are still 
like it's, it's still as uh, relevant, if not more relevant yeah, today than the day we wrote it. And that's the, that's the we thing. were like, should we wait to put it out with the album at the end of the year? And we we're like, no, that's too long to wait. <laughs> we're like, that's too long to wait. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, like, yeah. the, the last two singles really have been like that, but so is the rest of the album. Like, it's it was easy in some respects because yeah, it the, was the it subject matter. It wrote yeah. itself. Yeah. There were times when, like, we were, yeah, like you say, writing songs in an hour. You know, and and being like, well, that kind of came out. That was just there to be said. Like, do you it's, know what yeah, I mean? it's like, like it's already written. You've just got to remember it. Yeah, rather than, <laughs> rather than write it. Conjure it up out. Of yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's. I mean, nowadays it's all like news is all just like twenty four hours, exactly. and it's like it's kind of hard not to get dragged down by it. Do you ever have to like? just sort of tune it out in order to just help your sanity Some, yeah. sometimes yeah sometimes I, I feel like that quite a lot but also i feel like what i also want to do is make sure that these people who get away with the 24-hour news cycle yeah that people like us can make sure they don't live it down that's what they rely upon do you know what i mean like people know like and boris johnson was a prime example of that he's like mate I can do the most scandalous thing and, and a week later no one will remember No shame, no embarrassment yeah. and that's got him through so like it it's almost feels like a, you have a, to. a duty like uh, trust me it's much easier to just go fuck it put your don't fingers in your ears it. and forget about yeah. it but I would like to think with the uh, the the pedestal that we have to to put music out there and yeah. people to listen to it I would like to think that it's at least doing something to make sure people don't forget what has happened. The like, bigger you get, the more responsibility you have to use your platform yeah. to kind of be aware of it. Because, like you say, like yeah, it's, sometimes you don't want to keep up to date with it because like, it's a bit fucking much. But at the end of the day, like you kind of you have to if you want it. If you like, we we are that we're a band who've decided that that's the kind of thing we're doing. Yeah. Not decided, but that is the type of band we are. And it's like. I think you have to, you have a responsibility to keep aware and stay aware of that stuff. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, I, I guess it's just that kind of punk thing. It kind of goes back to like, I don't know, like folk music way back when. It's yeah. just, um, you know, music of the people. You've got to write about what's absolutely. what's going on. Yeah. yeah. We, we never like picked to be a punk band. We never like, like let's start a punk band. Yeah. <laughs> we just started a band. We're from Hastings. Yeah. Hastings is like a deprived town, which is uh, got a lot of mental health issues, got a lot of family members that work in mental health, and it's only getting worse. Like you know, as the town's becoming richer, there's people moving in, and it, and on the outside looking in, it's had a fresh coat of paint. It looks amazing. Everyone wants to live there now, but these issues still remain. And if anything, they've been exacerbated by everything that's gone on recently. So it's, it's an issue close to our heart. And like I say, we never chose. We weren't like we're going to write this sort of music. We're going to do this. We just wanted to write music that meant something to us. Conversations we were having. With our it was the first time. Family. Exactly. Like, and, and then when they first became a song, we were like, well, let's write. We're having a conversation. We're like, maybe the song should be about that. And it was at that point that the music started to resonate with us and other people. Yeah. Was when we were actually started to write about the conversations we were having. Like, if it resonates with you as a band, truly, honestly, and that is projected people will like it regardless of whether it's the biggest band in the world or you know you're doing pop songs and you're Ed Sheeran or whatever if you're writing about stuff that you really care about guaranteed there will be other people that also care about that stuff and feel like that and that's what we've lived off of and it's been a, a beautiful thing because we haven't had to pretend we haven't had to like you know write songs about like a girl or something yeah. you know yeah. you, you, you yeah. can do that but you, it's also it's been nice to 
it's like cathartic, you can write songs about what really matters to you and there will be people out there because that's the sorry state of where we are right now that it resonates with them. So it's, it's been nice to do that. Yeah, I mean, because I think because you get bands that kind of say, "Oh yeah, yeah, we write about politics and stuff," but it doesn't always come across that kind of passion for it. And it's yeah, it's definitely important to just um, just really care about what you say. Yeah, exactly. And, like yeah, you know, we are passionate about it. Again, because especially because where we're from, um, like we absolutely love Hastings, and we love Hastings because we love the people of Hastings. But it's it's not a town that's had it easy, no. especially when me and Ben were growing up there. It wasn't necessarily a very nice place to live yeah. and it's become like much more uh, like a, a sort of place that people want to come to and visit and live and buy houses and yeah. whatever you know but it's it is something that is true to us and that we are passionate about because we live it every single day and, we, and you know we, you can't really avoid it yeah yeah because when, when i think hastings I, I tend to think of like that battle <laughs> that yeah. was a long time ago. Yeah, 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 what is it? What is it with you guys and Buckfest? Well, we, like, we did it like one of our first ever tours we did was in Scotland with some Scottish friends. Yeah. And they were they as a little present, uh, big up Bloodlines. Yeah, remember? Bloodlines it was. Uh, Jamie. They gave us a bottle of Buckfast and some like tea cakes and stuff like classic stereotypes. Yeah. And um, and we we tried it and then uh, we just got. <laughs> You know, like when Popeye has the spinach, <laughs> it's like that for a gig. It's like that for a gig. You literally could literally be feeling like shit, man. You literally like, oh. you literally have like, I'm talking half a half pint glass. Yeah. Suddenly you are ready to go. A half a yeah. half pint glass is also known as a half pint glass. <laughs> oh, half a half pint. I'm talking like water. I'm talking water, man. And you're literally yeah, yeah, yeah. revving, man. It's like pouring nos. It's like when they press the nos button, Fast and Furious. You're ready yeah. to go. It, it's like. This is the great little cocktail bar in Birmingham that, like a lot of places, closed down. But um, they did actual flaming moes. So they make oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was Island Bar, weren't it? Island Bar. Island bar. Island bar. Island island bar. Island 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 so good. Yeah. One of the best episodes. Hello, yeah. 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 Yeah.
It was, yeah. It certainly was. Spot on. It's like grenadine and sugar. If the club hadn't closed, they'd be still, you know, selling it, I'm sure. I wonder why they closed. Yeah. Fire. I think we're all right now. I guess we're all right. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for your time, man. It's been an absolute pleasure to meet you. It's been a powerful, I mean, I hope we've got a lot of Yeah, yeah.